You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest and Reynolds and Klein Appraisal. And today I'm going to do a podcast on five indicators that will show when the housing market is rebounding from COVID-19. So we're kind of in that place where we are seeing the very initial feedback coming back that maybe we're slowing down the new cases just a little bit, enough to start thinking about when we might go back to some semblance of normal. I've, I did a podcast yesterday with Dan Flitch. He's the owner of the Savage Moose in Kenmore, Washington. It's a bar and grill and also off the rails bar and grill in Bellevue, Washington here. And we kind of went through all of what it will look like when we go back to our semblance of reality. And for the restaurant industry, that has some major implications because things won't be the same. And with housing in the Seattle market, we've, I'm going to touch on that just a little bit here really quickly, because as the owner of a real estate brokerage and uh, an appraisal company, I have the transactions kind of coming through my desk. I, I call it my desk, but I don't even really have a desk. I just have kind of a workplace, the head of a table um, where I put my laptop and um, I do have a dedicated printer, but beyond that, that's about it. So the number of real estate transactions coming across my desk are slower but they're still happening. Each time one comes across, I'm kind of like, that's really interesting. So that deal got put together. Like that listing got an offer on it and it got accepted. So to me, the strength of the housing market is kind of really showing itself. There's way more demand out there than I think anybody gives credit for a time like this. Because I remember other slowdowns, the slowdown of, I think it was 1991, Um, where we had, I think interest rates went up a bunch. I can't remember. All I remember is there's a whole bunch of Californians moving to Washington and all of a sudden, boom, it stopped. So that one was a super quick stop. And then we cranked up again almost as quickly, like six months later, almost as quickly. And on this slowdown, it's been like that, just boom, all of a sudden. But there's still a fair amount of real estate transactions going on, I think, relative to having everybody with a stay home, stay safe order. And with the way real estate is being handled, I think it's being handled in as good a manner as it can, because real estate is really a deal where you have to have some face-to-face contact with people to make it really feel right. You can't really get a feeling for a house through you know, some kind of video, you get some kind of idea, but you don't get that real feeling of, oh, hey, I really like this room, or I like this layout, or this home has got some great light, you're just not going to get those. And that's one thing that uh, I think a lot of people are probably figuring out that um, in Summit, we do a video for every single one of our listings, we do a walkthrough video to give people a, a greater feel if they can't physically go through the home. But you've still got to have that personal interaction with that home with that physical structure. Because otherwise, you don't really know what it feels like. And if you're going to live in a home, you got to have some kind of some kind of ability to judge that. So real estate transactions are still going on. And it's at a lesser level 
granted, but I think any level at this point is a pretty darn good sign. And that's here in the Seattle area where we've still got a lot of people coming in jobs-wise, um, and that obviously is kind of put on hold because you can't really move people when there's a pandemic going on. And a lot of this will loosen, and I think it loosens sooner than later. Some of the big announcements uh, we had yesterday is uh, if you paid attention to the presidential address, he's pushing for sooner than later. Um, he's kind of telling the governors he's going to open up the country, which we all know isn't the case um, because the governors basically, per the Constitution, they can they make that call. And so the states of Washington, Oregon, and California are kind of banding together. Their, their governors are banding together. And I think we'll have some kind of announcement tomorrow. Today is April the, oh man, is it the 15th? April the 15th, Wednesday. So tomorrow, I think we have an announcement on what an initial timeline would look like for possibly the stay home st uh, order to be incrementally lifted. I don't think you're going to see a big rollout of, hey, people, let's all go back to work. You're going to see maybe some industries go back to work. You're going to see offices that you can socially distance at. Those are going to get priority. And I have no idea how all this is going to work. But I think um, by early to maybe mid-May, we are back up in business, not the way we were before the coronavirus hit, but we will be back up in business. And I think that's going to happen sooner than later. It's just you can stop the economy overnight. You can stop the economy on a dime, but putting it back together is going to take a ton of time. And the landscape after the stay-at-home orders get lifted is going to be wildly different, wildly different. Had so many conversations with people that – Small business, even though we've got these lifelines of the payroll protection program, that's not going to be enough to keep a lot of businesses from going out of business. Uh, with the amount of businesses that are on hold right now and with the length of time, you're just when you go back to work, when you go back to your office, when you go back to wherever it is, maybe you're, you work from home and you want to venture out and see if that restaurant is open, you're going to see a lot of, unfortunately, we are closed forever uh, that's kind of my prediction, and that's what I've been thinking, because there's so many businesses where people are living paycheck to paycheck, the owners, and when this all comes back around, they're going to be like, yeah, we don't have enough money. Our business plan never ended up being what we thought it was, and we're going to shut her down. That's going to happen for, I, unfortunately, I think a ton of small businesses. Businesses that are recession-proof, you're going to see those keep going. And are the numbers down? Yeah, absolutely. As the owner of a real estate brokerage and a, an appraisal company, we've still got some decent numbers coming through on the appraisal side, but that's because interest rates are really low. On the sales side, on Summit side, our numbers are way down. You're going to see that left and right. Tomorrow, we've got another unemployment report coming out. That comes out every Thursday. Are you going to see another 7 or 8 million Americans file for unemployment for the first time? Is unemployment going to go to 23,000, 22,000, 23,000? We're already at six, or not thousand million. We're already at 16 million, somewhere around 10% of the workforce, maybe a little bit higher than that. But millions of people, and, and some of those numbers granted include the self employed and independent contractors. For the first time, they've been able to be included in those numbers. But uh, right now, we're in that, that, that stage where we had the initial reaction, which was, ah, 
stock market just absolutely tanked, it crashed, it lost XYZ percentage. And then we're, we kind of had the rebound of, okay, we're going to make it through that. And the stock market kind of corrected itself. And now we're in that reality sets in phase of, oh, yeah, here's where we're at. Tomorrow, I think, will be a really good indicator for um, the number of the, the first time unemployment claims. See what that says. Because there's, there's a ton of people out there that are going to take advantage of that, that are going to go, yep. I am unemployed, and, and every day you hear more and more stories about companies who that are basically calling it quits or they're contacting bankruptcy um, attorneys. I noticed one, I follow kind of big companies that are not paying rent. Victoria's Secret is no longer paying rent, and I was kind of thinking about that. I was thinking, but they've got a lot of online presence, but they've also got a massive presence in pretty high-end shopping malls. You don't find a Victoria's Secret in uh, a lower-end mall that I know of anyway. They're all usually at pretty nice areas. And so their rent is super expensive, super high. Same thing with a bunch of other companies that are uh, claiming, hey, we don't have the money to get through this. So that's a lot of what I'm seeing, and I think you're going to see more and more numbers come out. And so the reality sets in. And so even when we do have the stay-at-home orders released, and incrementally, I think that's what's going to happen. They will happen, you know, we'll have certain segments of workplace go back. I don't know how they're going to figure that out. What a mess. So glad I'm not a uh, governor. I just wouldn't be able to handle all that. The things that are impacting things right now today, retail sales, those numbers are just abysmal. Oil at a 15-year low, I think it is. And if I butcher these numbers, it's because I've got so much stuff kind of floating through my head, and it's not always correct when I reach out to grab that one piece of information. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, you, you blew it by, by 10%. Um, and just general economic news is coming out, and it's not good, and there's no way it's going to be for a while. I think you're looking at these numbers going into, we're in quarter two now, going into quarter three and quarter four. It's going to be a year, year and a half, two-year recovery period. I heard somebody, um, so one of the economists was comparing dropping an atomic bomb on an ant is what we've done to the economy by shutting her down. And that made some sense to me. It's like, but there's really no other way to stop the spread of the virus, given conventional thinking, given kind of what we knew at the beginning of this. And so here we are. This is where we got to be. So five indicators that will show when the housing market is rebounding from COVID-19. All right. The first one, obviously, and everybody knows this one, is flattening of the curve. And that's where I kind of mentioned some of the initial stats coming out um, are hopeful. They look good. Will there be a rebound? Well, maybe. Yeah, there might be. Is it going to kill a bunch of people? Oh, it certainly could, depending on who you think uh, has the best information. And I know a lot of um, people are saying, but hey, you're looking at the most grim extrapolated data from all these studies. And I think that's where a lot of decisions have to be made, because if you get data that is hopeful and it doesn't happen, then ugh, not a good thing. You've caused a lot of um, heartache, and we don't want that any more than we've already had. We've already had a ton of people get infected and go to the hospital, and so a lot of people die. So we need to be cognizant of that and, and doing that and un, uh, lifting the restrictions at the same time. Super difficult. So flattening of the curve. 
Um, and the main thing people are looking at is to the Wuhan province in China, how that went. But I think the data there is so skewed that you can't really rely upon that. But by mid to late April, from a lot of states that issued first the stay-at-home orders, these states should have fewer new cases by mid-May. And I think that is already happening. I'm seeing some early stats come back that that's happening. Is that a hopeful? God, I really hope that's the case. Maybe. Or that's actually what's happening. And in another week or two, we'll have better data. I know uh, April 31st is when the national shutdown is extended to and Washington's is stay home order is extended to May 4th. So we've still got a couple of weeks for a lot of data to come in. But with the amount of talk that is going on at the presidential level and also the governor level, I think you're going to see plans in place and you'll at least have some dates sooner than later of what you can expect. Because to get so many of these businesses going again, it's going to take a massive coordination effort. And uh, again, to those people working on that, good luck. That's a tricky one. All right, so number one is flattening of the curve. We've all kind of known that. End of stay at home orders. And we're, we're talking about that. When are those going to be placed? Um, and the stay at home orders have basically shut down the economy. So you've got nothing going on. You've got some businesses doing a little bit of business. Talked yesterday with Dan Flitch about him doing takeout orders but for a lot of restaurants that is a loss leader they are staying home they're staying open to help out their employees but they're not making any money they're actually probably losing money um, doing that but they are making the future bet on that they come back and that they'll be able to do business and kind of get that going another major thing that we're seeing here is the difficulty in people getting their stimulus checks, this always happens every time we've got one of these deals. Some people get the stimulus check, and for whatever reason, others don't. And then also the SBA emergency loans and the payroll protection loans, there's, there's still a lot of people that don't even know those are an option because people are so freaked out. And if they're working, they're working really hard because they are a, an essential business, and they're just going full tilt. I know I contacted my dad, who has an appraisal company down in uh, Oklahoma City. He wasn't even aware that he was eligible for any of these programs because he's just so busy with interest rates the way they are. He's just like, you know what? Head down and go. And that's what a lot of people have, have been doing. And a lot of small businesses aren't aware that there is money out there to help them. So if you do need a lifeline, if you're a small business owner just tuning in, I've done a bunch of podcasts on the programs that are available, but basically EIDL, Emergency uh, Disaster Loan, and also the PPP, which is the Payroll Protection Program, those are lifelines for businesses out there. So check out my podcast. So whenever the stay-at-home orders um, are lifted, that is when the economy can slowly start to crank back up, and that is another major Uh, indicator for the housing market that things are ready to kind of go again, um, at least from, hey, people are back working, which is where we are not at right now. The third major indicator is the 10-year yield goes above 1%. And this is kind of of a weird one for most people because they're like, what's the 10-year yield? And it's the 
It's a 10-year bond, and when uh, it's issued by the U.S. government and uh, Treasury bond, and when the coronavirus first hit, that the yield on that dropped down to I think like three point three three point three two percent on March nine. So anything under one percent is like whoa, what's going on? Because that indicates there are some real troubles in the economy. Um, people are looking for a safe haven, and when you buy more bonds, that um, increases the price and reduces the yield. And so the re- yield got re- reduced down to 0.32. So what we're looking for is the 10-year te- the yield to go above 1%. Right now, today, right before we started this podcast, I looked, and I'm pointing over here for people who can't tell on the podcast, pointing at the TV where the last time I checked it was at 0.66. That's where the yield was in the 10-year bond. And so when we get the 10-year bond going over 1%, I think that's a little bit of an indicator of things going back to more normal. Not normal, because I don't think you're going to see normal for a long time, and I don't think you're ever going to see normal like we had before the stay-at-home orders were put in place. But business as usual, whatever that means in recovery mode when we kind of move forward. So the 10-year bond goes above 1%. Um, And an early indicator of recovery would see the 10-year yield above 1%, especially if it got above 1.33%. That's kind of another indicator of, all right, we're kind of back more normal here. A range between 1.33% and 1.6% on the 10-year yield is something we should be rooting for, especially if this happens without liquidation, selling of bonds. So and, and when that happens, when there's a whole bunch of uh, selling happens, it's either usually profit-taking or there's a liquidity issue where they got to sell the bonds to get money for some other kind of margin call. Um, but 1%, that's what we're looking for, is in the 10-year Treasury bond. All right. The number four thing, the number the the number four indicator that will show when a housing market is rebounding is when there is a decline in credit stress and jobless claims. I think everybody knows what jobless claims are. I just kind of went through a lot of that. Got another jobless claim coming out tomorrow, which is Thursday. They come out every Thursday. But the credit stress, what is that? So the credit stress is um, it is done by the Federal Reserve of, what state is it? I can't remember and I don't have it here. Um, The credit stress test takes place in one of the Federal Reserves. They kind of have basically an index saying where credit is at and are we at a good place or we at a bad place and right now credit is not good you'll see that on mortgages i know chase just cranked up their requirements you have to have a credit score of 700 and 20 percent down so lending is getting tightened that's what's happening with the credit stress because there's no money flowing throughout the economy and you got to have money floating throughout the economy for a consumer economy to work and you don't have that so lenders are backing off i know there's a uh, real estate syndicator who's 
um, Grant Cardone, Cardone Capital. It's a big deal right now that he had basically just sent out an email or a letter saying, yeah, we're not going to pay our investors for the next 90 days. Sorry about that, guys, but that's where we're at. So just boom, overnight, basically bails on his investors and tells them, yep, we've got some liquidity issues. We're not going to be paying any of you the returns that we probably should be because there's a liquidity issue and we're going to hunker down and we're going to sit on your money and we're not going to pay you for a while. That's happening right now. And there's lenders out there that are like, uh, all right, we're doing a lot of forbearances, meaning we're not we're allowing people not make their mortgage payment. But the that's okay for just the person who isn't making their mortgage payment, but that still goes down the financial food chain. There are still payments that have to be made to the underlying mortgage bond security. And when that doesn't happen, somebody's going to get hurt. You can't just think, well, don't pay my mortgage. Uh, you can think that, but it's really short-sighted. So there's all this trickle-down effect of if somebody doesn't make a payment, credit gets tightened. So credit is tightening right now as we speak. And then the jobless claims. Let's see what we have tomorrow. Um, I think it's going to be there's going to be a ton. And as every week goes by, you're going to have more and more claims because more people are out of work. And that's going to get worse before it gets better. So the fifth thing to look for is data from the hardest hit sectors starts to trend upward. And the hardest hit sectors, like I've talked about, are the restaurant industry, the airline industry. They're going to get a massive bailout because we need those planes after this all goes down. We need those planes to be able to fly, keep the economy going. Hotels. There is nobody sitting in hotels right now. You can't even go to Maui without being uh, sequestered for 14 days in your hotel room. Enjoy your vacation in Maui. But that's because, uh, you know, Hawaii is an island and it's a small population and it's a small healthcare system that can easily be just overrun. On Maui, you don't even really have a main hospital. You have to go to the, to go to Oahu to get real healthcare. When the coronavirus uh, broke out, you know, the smaller islands didn't have any uh, corona testing. You had to take a plane. You had to go sit at the airport, get on an airplane, get off, do that whole thing twice round trip to go to Oahu and back to Maui to get tested. And then it's probably like, you know, another 10 day wait. So people just weren't doing that. So Maui's just basically on shutdown as all the Hawaiian islands are. So businesses like hotels and then you've got movie tickets AMC, Darian in our office brought up the fact that we're not going to see any more Walking Dead. Ugh, that sucks. Because AMC, the big movie chain, is they're contacting bankruptcy attorneys right now. When are people going to be able to go back to the movie theater? I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a long time. And uh, we've got movie tickets. You've got concerts. I don't think you'll see a major tour probably take place before maybe fall. And that's if we have those ride shares like Uber and Lyft. You've got gasoline purchases. Again, oil is at a 15-year low because no, there's no demand for oil right now. So many businesses aren't going and people aren't driving anywhere. This is coming into our uh, pretty close to our summer travel season when school would normally get out. And people would be making, you know, trips to go see family and drive around, drive around the USA. That's, you know, oil, gas prices go up every summer because of the demand. 
You're not going to see that because right now there's no demand for oil. It's just not happening. And then another major thing is for housing purchase applications. That will be a real uh, telltale factor of where we sit with housing rebounding. And um, it's too early to tell right now on the housing applications. And I think things are really wiki whack with our, our numbers data on the appraisal end. We take past data and extrapolate to the future, extrapolate to right now, today, and then also a little bit of what we think the trends, future trends are, because lenders want to know. We don't have enough data to even make a prediction of where we're at, because things are happening so quickly and so fast that you can't put a number. If somebody were to say, uh, are things going to be you know, good, um, terrible, or bad, you have to go with the terrible or bad for right now because you have no other option. They're not going to be good. This thing isn't going to turn around overnight. So those are some sectors that are the hardest hit. So the restaurant, airlines, hotels, movie tickets, uh, ride shares, gasoline purchases, when those start to see uh, turn around, those are the hardest hit industries out there. And when those start to see a little bit of a turnaround, that's when you're going to see housing kind of follow suit. I don't think housing will get as hit as hard because people still need a home. And unlike the 0708 crisis, this downturn was not caused by housing. Housing was not the cause. Housing was actually doing really well. And we are still at historic levels of in, low historic levels of inventory. And that's going to prop housing up for a while. Long term, you got a lot of people out of work, not able to pay. That's eh, not going to be good for housing. And housing isn't immune uh, for this by any means at all. So, it, and also another major thing that unlike previous slowdowns, the United States government has pumped somewhere around $6 trillion into our economy. We've got that going on right now. So the amount of money being pumped into our economy, that's going to have some weird effects as well. But there's a lot of money going in that we normally wouldn't see. So I think you're seeing basically government take a real proactive approach on this because they effectively shut down all these businesses out there. And I think a lot of people agree that expect to see maybe $10 trillion spent on bailout before all of this is, 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 is over. I know the payroll protection program is got $350 billion, And that's getting I think that's I don't know how close that's getting to being out of funds, but the government's going to spend another $250 billion. They've already committed to that. Can they get that together and figure it out? I mean, eventually, I think they will. But expect to see some more money uh, upwards of like 10 trillion by the time we're all said and done with this because that's what it's going to take to kind of hold things together that is the very minor amount of glue holding things together right now before the wheels absolutely come off the cart which a lot of people are saying yeah that's happening right now so those are the five indicators that will show when the housing market is rebounding from COVID-19 how much of a rebound will we need we're going to need some for sure. Housing is going to take a whack, whether that's in days on market or price or just buyer concern. When are people going to be, you know, going back to, all right, let's all jump in the car as a family and go look at our next house. It's going to be a while before that happens. So the only transactions we're seeing right now are people who need to make this work or people who have the mindset of, you know what, even if I do get sick, I'm probably going to make it. 
they're out there looking at homes and they're making things happen and their brokers are doing the best they can to accommodate that. And the whole food chain, as far as housing goes, is doing the best they can to, to make all of this work, but it's not an easy time. So over the next couple of days, look for some more dates of when things will get lifted and we start to think about, all right, this is when I think we'll start to get back to a little bit of normalcy whatever that looks like. But what you can count on is that I'm going to do a daily podcast for as long as we're in the stay-at-home orders, and we've got um, all this stuff to talk about. So again, I'm Sean Reynolds from Summit Properties Northwest and Reynolds Decline Appraisal. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. So for everybody watching on YouTube, thanks again, and all of you on the podcast platforms. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.